I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 110 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please, you got to go over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday here on First Class Fatherhood. Today's guest is a former Navy SEAL who served with the world's most elite unit known as SEAL Team 6. He is also a best-selling author of 100 Deadly Skills, and he just so happens that he is a first-class father as well, so please stick around for my interview with Clint Emerson. We are inching our way closer to the Christmas season here, and that can be a very stressful time for many parents looking to secure a good gift. Uh, but if you're looking for an amazing gift out there, I have a great suggestion for you. Take a look at NFW Watches over on nfwonline.com. They have got the best selection of men's and women's watches. And it just so happens that the owner of the company, George Fox, will be right here with me on the podcast for an upcoming episode. And he has got an amazing story. He's a first-class father, and he gives back by raising money for charities, especially for our veterans. So I really look forward to having him on the podcast. Also joining me next week will be the very entertaining mind reader, Oz Perlman, who is a runner-up on America's Got Talent, so please lock it in. That one is going to be a lot of fun. Also coming at you next week will be Dave Hollis, the former head of distribution for Disney. He has now teamed up with his wife, Rachel, to run the Hollis Company. And I just secured an interview with Justin McClure, whose twin daughters are YouTube famous. So come on, guys, lock it in here at the First Class Fatherhood. I've got some surprises in store for you. I've got some excellent content, awesome guests all coming at you before I break it off for the new year. 2019 is going to be a big year for First Class Fatherhood. I plan on scaling up the whole operation here, and I owe everything to you listeners out there, especially to you monthly supporters. And if you are interested in becoming a monthly supporter of the podcast, please just tap the link in the description of every single podcast episode for more details. You can become a monthly supporter for as little as $1 a month, and I'd love to have you on board here. And I have got to give a huge thank you to Sid Rosenberg, who gave First Class Fatherhood a massive shout-out on his morning radio show, which is by far the best New York morning show, the Bernie and Sid show. Sid spoke so kindly about his experience as a guest on the podcast. And you can listen to my interview with Sid here on episode 109 of the podcast. And you can hear Sid every day in the morning with Bernard McGurk on WABC. So thank you to Sid. Thank you to the listeners out there. And it is now time for me to smack you guys with a quick little spot here. And I'll be right back with former Navy SEAL Clint Emerson. I'm Alec Lace, and you are listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a First Class Father, he spent more than 20 years serving as a United States Navy SEAL. He even served on the most elite special operations force on the planet known as DEVGRU or SEAL Team 6. He is a best-selling author of 100 Deadly Skills. It is a tremendous honor for me to say Clint Emerson, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, buddy. All right, let's start it off here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I've got one daughter and she is 14. Okay, what type of sports or activities is she into? She's a competitive cheerleader, um, 
and then also a sideline cheerleader at high school. Very cool. All right, Clint, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so I'm a retired Navy SEAL. I was, I did uh, 21 years, uh, both coasts, both West Coast and East Coast. I had the opportunity of working at theater-level SEAL teams and then also national-level SEAL teams. Um, and I've been retired now for about three and a half years and now a crisis management professional, which basically means I, I work with a lot of businesses, um, you know, giving them the proper best practices so that they're better prepared and react to today's myriad of threats. That's everything from active shooter to cyber threat awareness. And, uh, and then on the, the consumer side, a hundred deadly skills is, basically the same thing, but done in a more creative, entertaining way so that the average person can also have great skills or best practices that they could use against uh, crisis in all of its different forms, done in a manner with uh, illustrations and narratives, and those books have, uh, have done really well. Yeah, I love the book, Clint. We're going to get to that in just a minute here. But I guess the best way to handle conflict would be to avoid it. But I know that that is not always realistic. So what advice do you have for the father or the parent out there whose kid comes home from school and says he's being made fun of, he's being picked on, or he's being bullied? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, bullying and media have, I think, just increased the awareness, which is good. Um, You know, a lot of kids out there are... uh, you know, it's a trophy world. Everyone gets one, right? And then uh, that's one way of uh, they've they've tried to, I think, lessen the uh, you know from one kid standing out more than another, or the the bigger issue is the kid who doesn't win anything. But you know, that's I, I'm more old school. You know, there's winners and losers in life. You know, it's something I preach to my daughter, and um, you've got to always to you know always aspire to. Uh, drive everything to the finish line the best you can and don't worry about what's going on around you. Um, you know, and then those that target you because of your weaknesses or they feel like you're vulnerable. Um, you know, I tell her all the time, you know, don't, you know, don't ever instigate anything, but, uh, don't put up with anything either. Um, and if it's something that's ongoing, then, you know, you can get your friends, they can get, uh, adults involved, teachers, authorities, you know, depending on what level of school they're in these days, um, and put that person in check and don't wait, you know, as soon as it happens, get it done so that it doesn't drag on. Um, but it takes, you know, some serious open communication between you and your kids in order to even get to the point where you know about it. So I'm pretty much an open book with my daughter. Um, any bad decisions I've ever made, she knows about and all along with the good ones. And because I show my vulnerabilities to her, she's willing to show hers to me. Um, so she tells me everything. So if there is something screwy going on in school with someone else or a teacher, then I'm usually the first one to hear about it. And so that's really the goal is how you get your kids to communicate to you what's going on in their lives so that you can help them. And um, I stress the word help because sometimes that can turn into embarrassment, and that's why that communication piece is so important because you don't want to go to school and do something and react like like a, a good parent usually does, but in the end it ends up actually making it worse for the kids. So, you know, open communication beginning to end, I think, uh, helps solve a lot of those outside problems because your kids will know that they have the confidence in, in you as a parent 
um, that you're going to be there for them and, and do the right thing. Well said, Clint. And one thing that you said there really uh, is a common denominator with most of the dads that I get on the podcast. They are completely against the every kid gets a trophy philosophy. And I guess I understand the premise behind it, but I think it ends up doing so much more harm than good. And not just for the individual, but for the whole culture itself. And I think we really need to get that idea out of our society. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's breeding like this entitlement issue that we're seeing and if you hear about with millennials, I don't really experience it because I don't work with millennials, nor is my daughter. So um, all I know is, you know, raising her and make her responsible for, you know, incrementally as she's gotten older, more and more responsibilities in her life so that she knows she has to earn it. It's not just given. All right, Clint, I know as a Navy SEAL, you are super observant. So what kind of tips do you have for the dad out there who is walking the street in the city with his family? What could he be looking out for to try to identify threats? Um, that's a big one. We, we Usually we, near, we, we kind of call it situational awareness, and situational awareness tends to be an overused term and under-leveraged skill because of technology. You know, we've got our phones, our kids have their phones, everyone's walking down the street on their phones, uh, driving down the street, they're on their phones, at the restaurant, they're on their phones. If you just look around, there's very few people actually paying attention anymore. And that's what gives, you know, criminals or even even that person texting that jumps the curb and runs over people, it gives everyone uh, an opportunity to be a threat or get away with whatever it is they're planning. So... Um, I always tell people, observations are no good unless they're anchored to knowledge, experience, or your gut instinct. But, in it, but observation can't happen if you've got your head down. So, you know, number one, you've got to start looking around. You hear it all the time, but very rarely do people actually do that. And when you do look around, you have to ask yourself, what are you looking for? Our brains are not computers, so they can't collect all the information in the environment and then aggregate it like a computer does. So our brains are organic, and so you have to, like, tell it, tell yourself or ask yourself, what is it that I'm actually looking for? And your environment dictates that, right? So if you're walking down the street in an urban environment, lots of cars, lots of buildings, lots of people, well, now you know, all right. Right off the bat, I'm looking for people that are paying attention to me. That's kind of concerning. I'm paying attention to the vehicles, making sure they're not accidentally running over me or running over me. Um, and then you've, when you're surrounded by buildings, you have a ton of ex exit strategies. It could be an exit strategy inside. It could be outside. It could be around a corner. It can be down an alley. It can be upstairs, downstairs. Um, so right off the bat, in that environment, you're asking yourself, what is it that I really need to be looking for right now? And then answer those questions and then run scenarios. You know, so what ifing is a great thing to do with your kids. You're sitting at dinner, put the phones away, and say, all right, let's say a bad guy comes in here right now. What are we doing, kids? And then they have a conversation about it, you know, and they can have almost in that conversation, which can be made somewhat fun, they're coming up with a plan that they could execute later if it actually un unfortunately comes, you know, comes to reality or fruition. So, um, you know, that's just, that's just kind of hitting the surface and that's, it's a lot of what I do for a living. Awesome. That's great advice right there, Clint. One thing that I know many parents are struggling with is disciplining their kids because uh, in today's culture, 
Uh, any kind of hard-nosed discipline is referred to as child abuse. So, so many parents are afraid of disciplining their kids, especially in public. Um, I know in order to be a frogman, it requires a, a great deal of discipline, but how are you, or what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm a believer in, you know, praise in public and, you know, punish in private. Uh, I think that's part of building trust um, with your kids, you know, because if you do something out in the open in front of everyone, yeah, for me, it's not about whether someone's going to think I'm beating my kid. I don't, I don't, I don't really care that much about what people think. But, you know, building trust means, hey, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to uh, make you feel like a fool or any of that kind of stuff. And when you punish in public, even when you at a young age, it 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 can create a trend. At least that's what I feel. So, you know, my disciplinary stuff is it's stern, rigid, but it starts with you know building a routine early. So my daughter gets up when I get to get up at you know five five thirty, and. You know, she's doing all the same stuff I'm doing, and she knows I'm downstairs doing it while she's upstairs doing it. So there's almost like this, even though as an individual we're doing our own thing, but it does feel like this team environment because we kind of meet in the middle for breakfast, and we know that we've both gotten some tasks accomplished before the day even started, and we've been doing that for a long time. And then I feel like once she's, now that she's kind of been programmed to have a routine then that self-discipline piece has kicked in now that she's 14 and she gets things done and doesn't really have to be told to do it. You know, of course, every now and then teenagers get distracted and they leave something laying around or whatever. That's always there. And so I am, I feel like I'm there to be the reminder, but discipline is certainly the, the best tool or skill you can give your kids. It's the one thing that will allow them to finish tasks finish school, finish degrees, um, finish any project that they start because you've, if you instill that discipline, I think people think discipline is about spankings and, and yelling and screaming, but the reality is it's, it's all about um, integrating a, a, a routine and getting that routine fine-tuned to the point where a lot of the things you want your children to do becomes muscle memory because you just do it over and over and over again. And that repetition and redundancy creates a really self-disciplined kid. And then the only thing I'll end it with with this is I think people forget we are raising adults. We're not raising children. And a lot of people think, oh, I gotta, I'm raising a child. No, you're, no matter what the age of your kid is, you're, we are raising adults. And so, you have to remember that when you're um, when you're talking to them and the things you tell them and the, and how you coach them. Wow! Yeah, very well said, Clint. I love that perspective. Uh- All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Another thing that's challenging or a difficult thing facing parents is the technology. And let's face it, the smartphone could be either a gold mine or it can lead to disaster. Uh, the Internet and all that stuff that goes with it is a double-edged sword. So what advice do you have for parents out there about how to handle technology, social media, and all that stuff with their kids? Um, God, there's a, there's a lot of answers to that on varying directions. So I'll say, you know, threat-wise, right off the bat, there's parental guidance on everything now, everything from your 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 Amazon Fire Stick to your to all the way down to your phone. So anything that's coming up on 
you know, on on the television all the way to what's on their mobile devices, um, take the time, go into the settings, and, you know, put the parental guidance on there and monitor, 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 especially when it comes to this more social media platforms where um, the parental guidance stuff is either kind of lacking or the kids know how to get around it. So you have to physically get on that phone and look at what's going on. Um, as far as, you know, tracking, turn all that, uh, turn all the tracking off inside the apps, but allow your phone, the phone to be found. Um, so you mean, basically what that means is you don't need all the marketing information and data that, that the apps collect, you know, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all of those. Anytime there's location settings inside of the app itself, turn those off. But allow the phone to still be found. That way, if something goes sideways in that child's life, whether it be a predator or they get lost, that phone then becomes a lifeline. But you don't want the phone to also be the threat that gives up all of the identity and information on that child as well. So I always tell people, anytime your kids are setting up accounts, doing stuff, you know, stay away from, you know, true name. Come up with your own little fun pseudonyms and aliases. Um, of course, passwords are huge, so um, anytime the username can be – everyone should treat their username like a password. Uh, make it something unique. Make it something different that you can remember. Um, and then, of course, have a strong password, and that password should be these days 24 characters or longer. Now, that sounds crazy, um, but the way these bot attacks that have been um, everything from China to Russia – it's it's these bot attacks will basically run all the characters that are on a keyboard, which is approximately 500 and growing, um, in like seconds, right? So they'll just run through all 500 plus characters over and over and over and over and over again to try and figure out the password. And then when they can't get in, then they they after 15 minutes or so they tend to go away or whatever the programmer designed them to do. Um, so the intent is is 24 characters or more would take an NSA supercomputer years to break your password. And so when encryption is, uh, you know, not available and you're really, truly relying on passwords, especially relates to social media and stuff and, your, and all of that important information that we keep on phones, especially if it's your kid's phone, um, then make your password nice and long because it's time. It's time on target that you're increasing for the predators and eventually they'll give up because 24 characters, I mean, that's huge. But it's real simple. You can probably type three to four words, random words, quicker than a password that has all kinds of capital, uh, special characters, this, this, and that. Um, you can type three or four just plain Jane words like ninja ice cream upside down. Right, your fingers automatically will type that much faster than, you know, two five, you know, capital M A, you know, lowercase whatever, blah blah blah. You know, um, so it's not as bad as it sounds when you say 24 characters on a password. 
I kind of went down a rabbit hole, but yeah, there you go. Man, that's very insightful, Clint. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do after this conversation because I'm uh, most of my passwords. I'm like the guy from Spaceballs there with the one, two, three, four, five passcode. So uh, I, I got I got to change a few things around. But another thing I talk about on the podcast quite a bit is that it seems like to me that there's an attack on the family life in this country, uh, especially fatherhood through the movies, TV, and media. Uh, so I, many of the young men that I talk to, they have this outlook on fatherhood and family life, like it's something that they want to avoid, not something that they want to embrace. So I think it's important for them to hear highly successful people like yourself. Uh, You've been a Navy SEAL. You've been all around the world. So how did becoming a father change your perspective on life? Um, You know, it's uh, you, one, I mean, for for anyone who lives in like a high-risk profession, as soon as you have a kid, you all of a sudden you know, become concerned about your own life. <laughs> so, whereas up till that point, you don't really care. Um, you know, that every jump out of an airplane before I had uh, my daughter, every deployment I did before I had her, um, and any of the high-risk training stuff, you you really just, you just go and you don't think. Um, and once you have, once you have a kid, then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, you know, I don't want, I, mean, I definitely don't want her growing up without me, and I don't want to miss out. You know, the selfish side of me is like, I don't want to, you know, miss out on all the good things that um, she'll be doing as she grows up. So it's um, it, it's it's definitely a changer, um, and I think it's a, it's it's important that, you know, when something like that happens, you've got to, you know, you got to take the responsibility, be a dad, and uh, make make changes where you can make them. Um, for the better and for the greater good so that you're, so that you're home and that you're available and that you're there because whether it's a boy or a girl, they all need their dads. It's been proven time and time again. You look at the prison system and it's a lot of people that just didn't have a father, uh, influencing them as they grew up. And, you know, the statistics are there, the numbers are there. And so you kind of have to listen to that, um, and be the dad that you're supposed to be from beginning to end. And, for me, you know, um, after 21 years in the SEAL community, you know, half of that time I missed with my daughter. So it was important for me to get to the retirement finish line and get out. And now um, we spend, you know, as much time as possible, um, you know, since I've been retired or towards the end of my career and since I've been retired um, and then now it's all about, you know, influencing and, being a uh, positive role model uh, every minute. All right, very cool. Clint, please take a minute here now to tell my listeners a little bit about your book, 100 Deadly Skills, why you decided to write it, and where they can go and buy it. Sure, 100 Deadly Skills really is a playbook on how to defeat different threats. Um, It is written for the average person, giving good people bad guy or predator skills to use against them, um, and it's, uh, it's illustrated, which makes it even easier to, uh, to be entertained, also be informed. Um, and it's available pretty much where books are sold. Uh, but the easiest, obviously, is Amazon these days. And there's two books. The first one is all about defeating bad guys. The second one is all about defeating the different kinds of crisis that are out there, everything from natural disaster to medical events to even some cyber stuff. But it's all done in a very informative, entertaining way. The illustrations were done by a guy that does all the storyboarding 
for Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. So if you're fans of that, then you'll love the illustrations. Okay, I will be including a link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can just tap the link, get over there, pick up a copy. Uh, So what's next for you, Clint? You've accomplished so much in your life. What are your goals or your plans for the future? What's coming next for Clint Emerson? Um, 2019 um, is going to be a pretty good year we got for escape the wolf my crisis management company we're releasing a new product so that every business can protect themselves and don't have to you know do the tailored video or e-learning and we've got a we've got a package that we're putting out and then um then i've got another book coming out in october 2019 uh it's called the right kind of crazy uh it's not ready for pre-order but the description is on amazon um and as uh as that thing We'll start building up on that, and then, you know, for the long for the long haul, it's uh, it's all about continuing to give people, uh, you know, good best practices through different platforms so that they can uh, get more self rescue oriented and be more self reliant. That's my overall goal in life: just make people look out for themselves and don't rely on nine one one all the time. That's great stuff. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, pretty simple. Be there. Be present. Um, be in the moment um, from beginning to end of, of every day. And uh, be all ears, you know. Be good, you know, in the spy world, it's called elicitation. It's 90% ears, 10% talk. You'd be surprised how well that works um, when you're raising uh, a boy and especially a little girl. Awesome. Well said. Uh, I love the message. Uh, This has really been an honor for me. Uh, So I got to say, Clint Emerson, thank you so much for your service. And thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I hope that all the dads get something from this. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Clint Emerson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was awesome. Please get over to Twitter, drop me a DM on Instagram, let me know what you thought about today's episode. And I would love it if you guys could go over to iTunes, hit me with a rating and a review. It all goes a long way. I would love to see First Class Fatherhood back at the number one spot on the rankings over there for kids and family. I hope you guys get a chance to enjoy your weekend out there with your kids. I know Christmas and New Year's are fast approaching here. I got one more week of episodes to hit you with before I break it off till the new year. Uh, So come on back Monday. We got some exciting stuff coming your way. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we are not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feelings.